0: Welcome to week one of our sermon series entitled Screens and Souls. Dot matrix printers. Computer towers and monitors that weighed 20 plus pounds. Like pay phones and calling cards. Like those are just a few of the things that would have been considered a part of the technology that, that I grew up with in high school and college. It just goes to show you how much things have changed. Like, I had to smile and and laugh when I thought about just those things. Like, I didn't own a cell phone, I don't think, until I became a pastor. I used landlines or pay phones to, to call home. There was no such thing as FaceTime for me as a high schooler who went away to school to see my parents face to face other than the two or three times I came home for a long weekend or a holiday. Or think about the internet. Like some of you complain constantly about the two minutes it takes to download that big file. Back in the day when I had access to the internet for the first time and for my first few years, it was called dial-up. And it took more than two minutes just to get in, let alone how long it would take to download that. Like, just those sheer things alone remind you of, of how far our world has come, both in a good way and a bad way. Like, technology can be a great blessing, and yet technology can can cause a, a whole lot of issues. Like, if you think about the screen that you hold in your hand, I, I love this thing because I can FaceTime with my granddaughter. She can see me. She can hear me. She can talk to me. She can even change my face into a rabbit or something else on the screen. She knows how to do that. And yet it also can be something that all my family gets together and we're all doing this. And we're not doing this. (laughs) And because things have changed so much, and because these things are such an uh, ever-present part of our world, we believe we just need to talk about it. Like over the last eight years alone, the number of minutes that a person spends on their screen has gone up by an hour. I know some of you might think, well, that doesn't really seem like that much, but in that short period of time, for it to increase that drastically on average for everybody is immense. The average American, the average person in the world, they're the same number, spends seven hours a week on a screen. And I'm not talking about the time you spend on a screen at work or in your classrooms on a Chromebook. Outside of those hours, We spend seven hours plus on average. And if you're a Generation Z, you add two more to that on average. So if you just do the rough math, let me make a compelling pitch to you as to why we need this series. We're on these a whole lot. And if you get eight hours of day at work, which is the normal work work day for someone in 40 hours, and you sleep the seven hours on average you're supposed to get and you spend seven on this, you know what that leaves you with? Two. Like two hours of your waking life are, are not here. And if you're a millennial, there are no extras. Gen Z. Which is why, as we get into this series, I want you to recognize this truth, and we're going to talk about it today in week number one, and we're going to see it in weeks number two and three, That when it comes to technology, when it comes to screens, which they are a part of, technology is a tension. It is a tension for the world. Like there's so much in that tension of these things that is good. Like I have a supercomputer in my hand. Like when I preach a sermon, I can research and Google search statistics on screens and it comes back to me in a heartbeat. And I can put that information into a sermon or into a message. You know what I used to have to do when I researched papers and topics when I was in school? It's this place called the library and it has all these big books and some of them were called encyclopedias. Like some of you have never opened an encyclopedia in your life because you have this. And I can FaceTime with my, my kids who don't live near us. I can see my son's face in Utah, and I get more than just words or a text good, fine, but the nonverbals of how he's doing. I send emails, we can send out news and notes to all of you in one big email message as a church. It's, it's amazing, it's a blessing. And it obviously creates a tension, right? But then there's the bad. And when we're going to talk about it next week, I just want you to think of some general realities of the bad. Stats tell you, research says, that for kids who are in elementary school, if you you spend two-plus hours a week on the Internet, relationally, socially, and emotionally, attentionally, there will be issues that you will suffer from. And the average kid spends about eight hours a day on a screen. And then you think about sleep deprivation. If you uh, watch a lot of screens, the blue light that interferes with melatonin, which is good, and disrupts the body's cur- uh and rhythm, which is important. If you watch too many screens, it's going to affect that. It affects workplaces. Like some of you who are bosses, you do understand that your people who have screens in their hands will stop and pause and look at them probably 30 times during the workday, which equals probably about an hour's worth of time on average but it actually leads to about two plus hours of of work that's interrupted and delayed. Like they accomplish less because of screens. It affects lives, humans, emotionally, physically, relationally, and at work. There is a tension. There is a tension. And so within that tension over the course of these three weeks we're going to talk about the good and the blessings, the bad, and the pitfalls, and then some boundaries. To navigate that, be wise with that, because screens can impact our relationship with God. Screens can do a lot of damage. Or today, I want to tell you and wrestle with the the tension that they can do a a whole lot of good. But not just from a worldly perspective of I can see loved ones on FaceTime, or I can get research and information for a sermon I really want to stop and talk and pause about spiritually, roots-wise, the blessings that can come from screens. From gathering, to grouping, to growing, to giving, and to going, technology can be a blessing. And there's a tension in it that has actually been around and Christians have, have wrestled with, struggled with, and, and understood the blessing and the curses throughout time. Like, just consider two groups of people. Like, Noah leveraged technology to build an ark with tools and and his mind and engineering and principles that saved God's creation. You know, that's a blessing of technology, but followed up with the people who shortly after Noah used those same tools, those same instruments that they came up with and were able to develop to try and build a tower to reach to God because they wanted to become God. Tower of Babel records that event. Or think about Solomon and how he leveraged technology to build one of the seven wonders of the ancient world in the temple. How even after it was destroyed, Nehemiah came back, and in record time, they built the wall and rebuilt the temple. Good. And those same Israelites, those same people, in those same day and age, also built temples and shrines and idols to false gods, Bad. Or think about our early ancestors in America. They leveraged technology and and all that they knew to to get on ships and and head this direction, many of whom were missionaries. They wanted to come here to evangelize and share the gospel with people good. And yet some of those same people who came to our country and our, our founding fathers also brought over ships filled with slaves. And they oppressed people bad. But Christians have wrestled with this tension throughout history. So I want to give you some encouragement today to to wrestle with that tension and, and remember the good. And here's where I want to start and get you to think about the good focused on this reality of what Jesus said in his final words before he left. This planet, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Like his last words to his disciples were, go. Like, not just to Judea, not to just Samaria, but to the ends of the earth, he told them to go. Like, I, I want you to go and I want you to, to do this. I want you to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. I want you to take the word of God, the things that you have learned, the things that you have heard, and share with them the things that you have seen about how Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that In Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. He is the only way to heaven. I want you to go. Jesus didn't put any restrictions on where. He he just told them to to go. And they did. Like the New Testament, the book of Acts, and and the other letters that are written highlight the the mission trips of Paul and where he went, where people like Philip and and others interacted with, with others who came to know Jesus from Silas to Timothy to Titus to John, they went and they shared, and the gospel changed hearts and changed lives. But you know what those early apostles and and Paul understood and knew? The importance of technology and leveraging it. Like the early Christian church was was small and exploded there were only a few apostles and a few disciples who originally went, so they couldn't get to the ends of the earth nor could they get to every last place they wanted to go. Like the Apostle Paul and his desire to get from one place to another, at times, doors were closed to him. He couldn't get there. He couldn't visit them. He couldn't verbally give a sermon and, and, and have a Bible basics class like Mike, Pastor Michael does on sin and grace, faith and works. So what did he do? What did the early Christian church do? Well, to carry out God's command, I would tell you that they leveraged technology. Like they leveraged the technology of the early Roman Empire who created roads to get anywhere and everywhere. By any means possible, they went. But even more, when they couldn't get to a place or to someone, they leveraged technology in their day and age to to get the word out. God inspired them to, to write these letters in these, these books and they leveraged the technology of their day and age to get it out. And the early Christian church followed suit. Like the Apostle Paul understood his desire to get the message to as many as possible, especially ones he couldn't get to. He says it in the book of Romans, chapter 1. Uh, he highlights this reality that, I pray that it now, that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Like, why would Paul want to get to the city of Rome? It's the center of the world. It's the center of commerce and travel. People are coming and going from this place. He could touch and and come into contact with so many people who were going to go out and share the message. The biggest city in the world, perhaps the most unheathen population in the world of that day, the the center of, of religious world of that day and age of worshiping false gods. Paul wanted to get there. The message had already moved there because some people knew and Paul wanted them to learn more, to grow more, to have deeper roots. So he wrote them. God inspired him to write this letter and, and Paul used one of the modern inventions of technology of his day called parchment. Like we take for granted paper. Well, some of you have never written an actual letter and probably dropped it in the mail because of today's world in email and texting and everything else. But writing a letter like these were called, in that day and age would have required two things. A resource that was hard to come by and money. (laughs) Like parchment back in the day and age would take four weeks from the process beginning and ending from taking an animal skin to removing its hair to a special knife that would scrape it down to, to having it dry out and having it coated in just the right ways to to four weeks of time in order you could get this piece of paper where you could write on with a special pen and then send it off. This was costly and this was time consuming and this was all the rage t- from a technology standpoint. And Paul used it and leveraged it. He He told Timothy, his friend, to bring him his parchments, to bring him his scrolls because they were so valuable to him because they contained the word of God because he knew the power of sharing that message in times when he was under arrest or near death. When he couldn't go, he wanted people to have stronger Jesus roots. That's what he told his friend Timothy to bring to him. He said, bring me my parchments, bring me my scrolls when you come. And you know what happened from that time forward? The early Christian church, you know what people did? The Christian church was the mover of technology when it came to parchments and something called codex. Like taking things and, and writing them on parchment and making a book. Like when you think of the, the early Christian church and met copies of manuscripts of the New Testament, the Word of God, people handscribed. They used their time and energy and leveraged technology to write these down and Rewrite these over and over. Scribes did it day after day after day, meticulously writing every last word in every last way to send it out to others who they couldn't get to. And you and I are the benefits of that still today. Like people look back and there are thousands and thousands of manuscripts of the the New Testament-inspired Word of God that we have in our hands because people understood the power of technology and the blessing it could be to reach the lost to help people have stronger roots. See, Paul leveraged technology 2,000 years ago for roots. He knew he couldn't get there so he wrote. Read the book of Romans. It is probably the best book that you will find if you want a summary of sin and grace, law and gospel, justification, sanctification, how we're saved, the struggle that we have, how God wants us to live. I mean, the book of Romans from beginning to end is Chock full of amazing doctrines about God and love, sin and mercy, uh, our call to action. God wants us to have stronger Jesus roots. Paul wrote letters like that. He leveraged technology and the church has since that time. See, Paul understood this. Romans chapter 10, he wrote to the same people, how can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? If I can't get to them personally to proclaim it, I can write it and they can hear it. And beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news because faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Jesus called his church to go and to teach and the early Christian church leveraged technology in their day and age, the, the advances that, that we maybe take for granted of how novel it was to proclaim the gospel so that people knew Jesus. Which is where I want to ask you of of how you use this. Like we marvel at the the advancement of technology, the the power of screens, the the things that they can do. How do you use this? Because for fun and entertainment? like. I'd be embarrassed to pull up my weekly report of hours and you see the app that gets most of my attention. It's called Candy Crush. Like if I compared it to the amount of time I was on the Bible app, I'd probably be ashamed if I had to tell you. I'd be way more ashamed of that than just about anything. Like I think of how many text messages I send back and forth or Snapchats might be seen that go back and forth with friends about plans, but how often do I leverage technology on my screen to send words of encouragement with a passage for someone who's hurting? Or how about from a ghost standpoint? Like, do I leverage technology that, as best I can to, to share that sermon with that person who needs to hear about Jesus, who's dealing with that, or am I scared? Like here's the thing that I want you to put on your hearts and I want us to have on our hearts as a church. The Apostle Paul understood leveraging technology can be such a beautiful thing, can be, be done for the good, to, to bless people's roots because he believed this, I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. you ever wondered where 922 ministries come from, there's the verse. All things, all people, to win some. Traditional music, contemporary music, to win some like school, early childhood, two church campuses to win some, groups and Bible studies and and all sorts of different options for for you to grow in your faith, to win some. And the same could be said for using technology in our day and age, right? Like to win some. Like this phone and, and screens across the world can connect us to other people, share the gospel with people, in so many amazing ways, to win some, souls. God wants all people to be saved. So this device that can do a lot of good things and can be such a blessing to you in your personal life, have it be a blessing to you spiritually and also be a blessing to others so that they might know Jesus too. So that the gospel might be shared. And I praise God that our church does that. Like, just think of the partnership we have with Time of Grace. Like, this little church, which isn't so little, reaches over 400,000 people on a weekly basis with a message that's preached from a pulpit at 922 Ministries. There are people who come in, who watch it in prison, because for whatever reason, it's on every week in prison, and they tell Pastor Mike, you were essential to me learning about Jesus. Like, praise God. Screens reach souls. Or right, I think about this last month here at 922, we have social media accounts on Instagram and Facebook and, and here, there, and everywhere. If you haven't liked them and if you don't follow them, please do. But John Rudot shared with me some of the numbers over the last month just of October alone on Instagram. Here's what I want to highlight for you. 48,000 plus people saw any of our posts or stories in at least once. 48,000 people. We are a church of about 2,800 people. (laughs) You know how many more people that is? You know how many of those Instagram posts or clips of messages from our pulpits, from our pastors, encouraging words? Roots. God willing are, are produced. People are blessed. Like I celebrate that our church is willing to To do what what Paul recognized, to leverage technology for the good of the gospel. And I want you to consider how you can not just encourage us in doing that, but you can be a part of that. Like Create an action plan for the week ahead. Come back for the next two weeks when we talk about curses and boundaries. But put in place some things in your life so that you can leverage your screen for your soul. And you can use your screens and technologies for souls. Like, put some rules in place. I, I will not spend more time on Candy Crush than I do on my Bible U version app. That might be a good one for Pastor Tim, right? I will at least once a day text somebody in my group after we get together on a regular basis to encourage them after something they prayed for or asked us to pray for. Like, leverage and use your screen to strengthen your group root. Like, consider the ways you might use this to go. Like, who do you know that doesn't go that you can invite, that you can encourage, that you can maybe share a link or highlight a post? Invite them to join the 922 Church Online where they can get connected. Our goal is to help people have stronger roots and produce the fruit. Like, what would it look like in your life to to bless your soul in the way that you used your screen? Like, I think that's really what God wants us to think about. What I want you to see is the blessing. Like, there's worldly blessings. I thank God for this thing. The, the amazing ability I have to have relationships with others, do research, get information. But let's not minimize, but let's elevate this last truth and take away about the blessings. Technology is a tool for the church. Like, there are a lot of people in the church who say, this is bad, it can only lead to bad. There's so many dangers, stay away. But there can be good can be used to bless roots, yours can be used to to reach others, to have them find roots, and for you and others to be blessed with fruit. So we as a church will continue to leverage it and we'll use it and we'll plan for it and consider how we can reach people that aren't being reached so that we might win some. I pray that you consider the same in your life and come back and talk about the bad, and we'll come back and talk about the boundaries. But can we celebrate that for thousands of years that God's people have used technology in their day and age as a tool? You and I are the recipients of it, benefiters of it, and can be blessed by it. Let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and your promises that powerful word that you give to us will not return empty But in each day and and era, Lord, you give us opportunities and tools that are different. We thank you for how the early Christian church leveraged technology to write and to send out to the world the amazing message of the gospel and the world has been forever changed. Lord, use us to do the very same. We can see the power uh, and tool that that screens can be to help bless us in our gather route when we can't come in person to group with people who are remotely distant to grow as we read Bible reading plans, to give uh, financially, to, con- to consider the opportunities we have to go and reach people that aren't being reached. So, Lord, we pray that you bless us in this. Give us wisdom in it as well and bless these next few weeks as we talk about it.